Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Long Lost Shows podcast. Recording live in person in Jersey City, in New Jersey, which is a first. <laughs> uh, welcome once again to the Long Lost Shows podcast. As always, I'm AJ, here and with... I'm Frank. It's great to be in Jersey City, and uh, we've recorded live once before together back in D.C., so... It's cool to be up up north, and uh, we've got a lot to break down today. Oh my god, it's such a crazy past few um, days and everything. Um, okay, so uh, first, I think I just want to kind of get this out of the way. I've really been bumming about the pa- the untimely passing of uh, Chester Bennington of Lincoln Park, the singer. Um, I am just bumming about this. I was really mad about it when the news came out, and I was just... Distraught. Um, I think that, you know, that for us as millennials, like, I remember this album coming out in middle school and oh, yeah. having a profound effect on my life and the kind of uh, voice that he kind of spoke to. And, you know, as a we played in a band together, yeah. like, you know, like, I really admired these guys and I appreciated everything that they did. And I... I I got to see them live one time That's awesome. at uh, the old um, Giant Stadium. Uh, they opened up for uh, the um, for Lincoln Park, not for the for Limp Biscuit, if you could believe that. <laughs> uh, so it was. I think the day was like Mudvayne, then Deftones, then Lincoln Park, then Limp Biscuit, then Metallica. So it was crazy. crazy I was there set, with Duncan yeah. Seal and Dan Harries and Nick Beazle, and it was awesome. And I remember they, it was like just after Meteora had come out in like 2003 or 2004 or whatever. And it was just unbelievable. And I love all of the, you know, I love a lot of the Lincoln Park material. I don't know if I'm as up to date on the new stuff as I should be. And that really, you know, definitely makes me feel bad. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. What do you think about this? Do you have any thoughts about this? What did you think when you heard the news? I was I was shocked, you know. I we were just hitting the road, and like I, I flipped on the radio, and it was like one of the first things that they said, and I was like, oh, "That's that's so sad," you know. I mean, it's just and it's such an unfortunate thing that you know we keep seeing all these musicians, you know, either taking their own lives or you know dying from drug overdoses. I mean, it's been happening for decades, obviously, but you know, th- this kind of thing is is still heartbreaking, and yeah, from a, a band that we probably listened to back when we were in middle school and that that record was amazing and i remember playing it over and over and over again and you know they they're one of the first uh bands that i listened to that really blended genres you know they you know between yeah that, that they, and they made it and, and they made it awesome like yeah in so many ways like limb biscuit is like the cheesy yeah. sadness of what lincoln park who did i think probably at the same time and then went on to make it awesome and heavy and like more tread more in the into the hip-hop than to the yeah. metalness of it yeah and like that part like that the reanimation album is really cool oh, yeah. i remember like learning that was like my gateway into like remix albums and definitely mashups and all that kind of stuff that i still love to this day and um a lot of that can be contributed to you know this band yeah uh i, I would also say that like it's like as you said, like all these like different guys, like and as of late, like Chris Cornell, Chris Cornell looms large. Like, it, you know, Scott Weiland a few years ago. Yeah. You know, like it, it's just it's really. Yeah, some of these they, they they burn bright, but 
Well, I don't know. Like I'm, uh, I, I just maybe we maybe we as fans need to be, um, maybe we need to be better too. Maybe we have some ownership in this as well. Sure. That maybe there is something to be said about, you know, recently they did an article and he was like, "Yo, we are more than just hybrid theory." Right. And he has a complete point, you know, and yeah. like, and then you will go, "Well, yeah, there's Meteora," but like, uh, no, <laughs> like I think that. They went on to do really great stuff. The album that Numb is off of is very good. Yeah. Um, they have, they have, he's very prolific. He went on to do other projects with the people. He fronted the Stone Temple Pilots for a while. Yeah, he did. Like, it's, I don't know, man. And I, listen, I'm really sad for his, if his family, whoever he leaves behind. Yeah. The whole band at Lincoln Park, it was crazy yesterday. Um, even after Chester's passing, watching the news and everything is still promoting the big concert with Blink-182 at City Field in a couple weeks. Oh, man. So it was just like, oh, my God, they haven't even been able to get it to the publishing guys yet. <laughs> like, they have to stop this. And yesterday, they officially canceled their tour. Okay. So they're refunding everybody. Um, and they're going to go and they're going to go from there. And I'm... I'm really sad. I think Chester had a unique voice. I think his voice spoke volumes. I think his writing yeah. was really incredible, and like it was so, uh, it was nuanced, but it was tight and in that like beautiful, simple metaphor kind of way. Yeah. And I, I'm just I'm sad. I'm gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss the impact that his music had and continues to have on people who are in that you know that dark spot as teenagers as everyone goes through right and he's there for that and i think that it's it's sad because i remember um you know i guess we didn't i'm a big nirvana fan mm -hmm. but i didn't grow up in the time where like nirvana was around like i got onto them after the fact yeah you know so it, it, kurt was never like a living person to me right so like my idea like you know i really like this guy and like i never really saw you know who he was or where he was going or what his trajectory would have been at any time I was five. Couldn't right. happen. Whereas with Linkin Park, like, sure, maybe I haven't gotten, I don't know what their latest album was or their late, latest hit, and I'm sorry about that because that is my fault as a fan. And the bands that are still out there that are making rock and roll music, like, we have to support them because they're all going away. It can't just be Dave Grohl at the Grammys every year. <laughs> we need more people. He's going to get lonely. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, we need, he, we need to keep these people together. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so watching Chester after going through all this and seeing his career and in many ways way more prolific than Kurt was, in many ways way more boundary-breaking, the sure. Collision Course album with Jay-Z alone yeah. is awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. They did that together. That's not some DJ. That's not some outside entity, you know, or, or a, you know, a, a music company looking to make a buck. Like that is literally uh, Jay Z and Linkin Park being like, let's take the best of our songs, put them together, and make a project that we can perform live, which they did, and it's crazy awesome. And it's crazy that that exists, and you know, it, it's. It says something for for their talent and for their, uh, you know, their, their career paths. But it, yeah, there's a legacy there that hopefully it'll influence others to, you know, make the, that kind of music or listen, break those. Boundaries. Listen to me, if you're out there and you're listening to this podcast, first of all, <laughs> what are you doing in your life? But second of all, <laughs> uh, listen, if you're like a kid and you're playing guitar in like a band, listen, 
there is a root to this thing and it's just about being legit and having fun and playing music and like if you could just continue playing guitar i don't care just please continue playing guitar the sales of electric guitars have plummeted in recent years the business is going through a very hard time there the reason being from guitar guys at guitar shows is there's no guitar gods now right. you can point to john mayer but he now is he's still in the midst of finding where the next step of his career is going to go right um there's nobody right now definitively who is a guitar god in my in my knowledge of the popular culture there's a whole bunch of guys playing really great guitar but there's nobody on posters in kids rooms anymore yeah. that has all been prescribed to either dead or gonna be dead soon guys from the 60s 70s and 80s yeah and yeah that's sad and i don't know i i think uh like you said this is it's it's sad news it's uh it's it's tough to hear about these guys and you know like you said i think as fans we need to support them as best as we can and um you know support their music and you know it, it also may be a, a thing that you know the people that are close to them, the band members. They need to pay more attention to you know these mental health issues and see and, what, and what's be going open on. and be open about it and, and like talk, talk about them, it yeah. and like 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 there's so many great ways to deal with this and it's we I, I don't want to see more of these just happen to more guys who are obviously brilliant and and yeah. and talented and and worth and worth the trouble of bringing them back around to wanting to live right. You know, yeah. so anybody out there, if you're getting mental help, please. If if you have mental health issues, please. If you think you do, it's okay to get help. It's okay to talk about it. Yeah, it's a different world now. You know, you got it. We're all in this together. It's all about love and sharing. And I'm sorry to Chester and Chester's family. I'm sorry that there wasn't enough people to tell him that he's so worth it and so loved and so precious. Um, and uh, you know, thank you for the years of great music. It was great to see your amazing stuff and uh you know peace brother rest on yeah so that's heavy um i was driving around listening to the collision course album and then of course um uh i'd love faint i remember jumping up and down with mike eliotis doug resh and pacasal <laughs> in her basement to that music video so if you're listening that happened okay so turning to something lighter comic-con if you're there right now, awesome. We're fucking jealous of you. Yeah. One day, maybe me and Frank may will try to go. Until that time, sorry, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll go in cosplay so you won't even recognize us right. anyway. <laughs> so it's currently Saturday. Uh, so it's been going for a few days, but a lot of the big panels will happen later today. Um, you know, we're excited about that. You know, there's and we uh, may cover them in a separate episode depending on how awesome they are. Yeah. But we'll either recap them or give them more love as they know. Right now. Uh, just to touch on the few, we, few uh, things that we watched just together, which is always cool. Yeah. Um, I, the Defenders trailer looks awesome. Looks awesome. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, I love her. I, I like what she's playing villains now. Yeah. Great. Perfect. Yeah. Please, please continue more of that. Thank you. So, and I think we, we chatted about Iron Fist uh, a couple months ago, and I, I know you still haven't watched it. You said you're, you're kind of behind on some of these shows. Um, I'm up to date. I've seen everything so far, and. I, I do think Iron Fist is the weakest of, of them all. I um, do want to see Luke Cage. I may watch a few episodes of Iron Fist just to like get the gist of it. Yeah. Maybe I'll watch like the first, the fifth, and that that <laughs> and see if the formula holds true. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, I, I mean this this show comes out really soon. It's, it, it's, when does it come out? I think August 
eighth or eighteenth. I so think. So this maybe. takes the place of where like Stranger Things came out last summer. Kind. Of, well, I think Stranger Things might have been July. I, either way, Fuck, the, the, when that show fucking comes out, we're gonna need like eight hours to break that down. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that got a release date uh, October twenty seventh. So you know that's the, the Ghostbusters reboot everybody wants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but the, so yeah, Defenders. Um, I think there's a lot to to look at, and you know how it maybe compares to the Avengers because sure, I think sure, there's a sure. formula there of like bringing the heroes together. But these guys are reluctant heroes. They're, they're and they're different, and they have really great developed characters and yeah. defined characters, and they're they're opposing each other. Yeah, I mean we've we've got what twenty something episodes of Daredevil development. Oh my and, god! You know. 13 of each of the other characters and you know that's and Jessica such, Jones alone is like phew, yeah a lot it's a, a lot. lot it's a lot of story it is a lot of story and that's something you, you don't get with the movies I mean no. we're getting there now like you know 15 well, 16 sh- down the line yeah. but but that's not even you know the, right. the most developed sure. character in that universe is uh, Iron Man and you know sure you know we know a lot about that character but Daredevil, there's a lot there, and I think it's really interesting to see how they've interwoven uh, the stories. There are bits and pieces from each one that you can see in that trailer, and it's coming to a head. And I, I'm excited. It's, I'm glad that it's short too. It's like, I think like an eight episode run, and that's perfect. You know, I don't think, drag it out. I think it's interesting the way that the Netflix shows work. I think that I. I get I get daunted by the episode count, so I have to get back on it. But I want to see the defenders. I think I can totally pick up. I think you could where um, everything left off. And I but I would like to see, you know, obviously Daredevil season two. I think is integral because you get Punisher, and I do want to watch that. I just need a good weekend and excuse to not do anything. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, also Luke Cage. Maybe I can finagle that. When Defenders comes out, and just watch everything that time. But that that would I think be way too much information. Yeah, it, um, it's good stuff. I'm, moving on from there, yeah. but also on TV as well, and another team, uh, the Inhumans. Yeah. Of Adelan, and their secret kick-ass moon base. Moon base. Are you gonna uh, blow up the moon? Would you miss it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, no, I mean it's it's interesting. It's like it's definitely got a TV vibe, but I, I'm just I can't imagine what it's gonna be like on. On the big screen, I'm I, down to go. I want to do that. I, I want to go see that. I'm down to go be a part of that experience. I want to be like those fanboys in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. I want to see whatever they're gonna show to those people. Yeah. At that point, like I, I'm down to go and see that. Yeah. Uh, I, the, the the effects are starting to come together in, in this most recent trailer. So do you think like maybe the Inhumans helped Hulk like get out into outer space? Like they have like better technology, so. Hulk takes the jet up to the moon, and then from there, the Inhumans pick him up. I would like, love to believe that. I, I just, I, I think that. How does not, he get up there? I just don't. How, how did he do it? Again? How did that happen? I don't know. I think that there's not enough connection between TV and, and movies. If right they now. did, if they did that, that would make a whole. Everyone would just cream in their pants. It would be real bad. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. That's our explicit maybe, maybe, contact for the episode. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe they explain it in Thor. Maybe there's a, you know, we see him in the ship and he presses boop, 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 and then all of a sudden there's like a wormhole that opens up and sends him across the galaxy. Who knows? Do you think maybe Thanos finds him? I don't know. Hmm. But anyway, okay. Inhumans is it, it's coming, coming soon. I think it's uh, 
it'll I think it'll have a big release in theaters and then we'll see how it does. I think it's good again. Yeah. It's a short run. Yeah. Um, if they keep it if they keep it short, if they keep it tight and they make it fun, yeah. It's going to be great. Um I'm yeah, I'm down to watch this. Thank you trailers. That's great job. Yeah. Um moving on from there, uh what else we have watched another trailer, didn't The Gifted. We? For, the Gifted. Um, Fox. Okay, so like this to me looks like and I said this. This to me looks like Fox's take on the Daredevil and the Agent Shields of the world. Right. That this is a within the same universe as I suppose McAvoy and uh, yeah. what's her face? Uh, um, what's her, Jennifer oh, Lawrence? Jennifer and... Lawrence and uh, Michael Fassbender. All these guys. Um, that there's also these other guys who are gifted out wherever these people seem to be. Yeah, you know. It, so this is a comic, right? This is where they're getting the story I from. I don't know. I don't know if they're. I mean, I think they're. They're literally just saying, okay, who are the mutants that haven't really been used all that much, and let's throw them into a TV show, and because we need to get, you know, we need to compete with uh, Marvel, Disney. We need to sure. compete with DC, who have you know four upcoming five shows now i don't think this is i think the okay i'm sorry i know you were saying a thing <laughs> it's fine I, 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 uh okay I, gather I, your thoughts no, 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 okay. <laughs> i think the x-men are probably the most perfect if not the perfect comic book uh adaptation yeah. for tv yeah it would be if it started there i think it would could be like the equivalent of like a star trek today Absolutely. Of how big and how much backstory they could do. There's so much to dive into. There are so many characters. There's so many. There's so many different arcs. I think if if X Men had started as a TV show around 2000 with like the the post Jurassic Park Matrix CGI's of the world, yeah, that you could then have a really compelling and a very long running X Men TV series. Maybe there's a couple different incarnations. Right, right. Uh, whatever it was, that would have been fine in and of itself. They didn't do that. They made movies. Right. And when you make movies, you make really great characters, and they what they've also done is they've really fucked up their timeline. Right. So X-Men, more than any series, has benefited the most from fucking up their timeline because it's sure. allowed them to do things like Deadpool and Logan and uh, the Dark Phoenix bullshit we're going to get in a few <laughs> months. Like, all this different stuff. Like, so that that's fine in and of itself. What I want... And would hope of an X Men series is to be in the school to get the vibe of almost what uh, Spider Man is like in a lot of ways. Sure. Of being in together with all these little mutant kids who were all dejected from our parents, yeah. and here the fuck we are living this awesome in a, life. And in a way like Harry Potter, that the movies it, don't deal with that at yeah, all. The it, movies deal with Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think the problem with this show, and just you know from looking at the trailers. It's it's gonna be a on the run they're hunted kind of thing, and they have powers, and some of them are recognizable names like uh, Polaris and Blink and Thunderbird maybe, but yeah. it's like they're not they're not the, your A team X Men, and no. we're not gonna get them. And like it would be interesting that I mean they kind of call out the fact, oh, do the X Men or the Brotherhood still exist? We don't know. Yeah, it's and, gonna be like your one granted you know Avengers reference, yeah, in Agents of Shield. I mean, every I think. Week. I think with Singer involved, uh, I think there may be a way that they're going to try to connect it and like explain like why you know in Logan the X Men aren't around really. Maybe that's this is part of that. Like when does this even take place? I don't know. Sure, sure. Okay. So to that point, also, and to wrap up, I think on what's come out of Comic Con, uh, 
the direct the who's the showrunner or director for Legion? Oh, Noah Hawley. Noah Hawley's doing a Doctor Doom movie. Ugh. <laughs> Why? Don't do that. Uh, uh, okay. Okay. He, oh, all right. Okay. Doctor Doom merits his own movie. Sure. Absolutely. He's a great, compelling character. But stop rebooting these guys. Leave. Let the Fantastic Four wither and die. Please, but, yeah. dear God, and let all of their dear God, please let the contract of Fantastic Four at Fox dwindle and die. Because they cannot handle it or make a compelling story. They haven't. They've had ten years they of can't failure. Do, so stop and <laughs> and to make a Doctor Doom movie, you you don't need the Fantastic Four. I don't think that you need to have the Fantastic Four to make a good Doctor Doom movie. But what you need is to set up an amazing Fantastic Four movie. Absolutely. And I don't think that the Doctor Doom that we had in Fan Forstick, that, that last iteration, <laughs> is good. No. And I don't want him to come back. And no. I hope that he goes away. Because I will give you that if they set up a Doctor Doom as like a Batman Begins, and they're like, let's talk about what money and power can do to a motherfucker. Yeah. Fine. Well, I'm down with that. And I'm down to see him interact, interspersed with fucking... Uh, you know, uh, all you know, everybody with Sue and with Mister Fantastic yeah. and everybody. But I'm what I'm not trying to see, and what I think the whole collective community and why there's so much uproar is that this is clearly such an attempt to just use the IP within so the contract rules yeah. so they don't lose it. Yep. And uh, I'm uh, I'm less than satisfied with that. Right. I mean, the, it's interesting. I I finished watching Legion season one it's an amazing show and I'm, it right. ends on like I want more and so season two I don't know when it's coming but I, it just it makes me nervous that he's doing something else because that show is so good and I think he's still involved with Fargo too so it's sure, like sure, sure. too much stuff on his plate and you know is it Fox like well you could make season two of Legion I think show you... running is very different than making a movie too uh, yeah so I'm interested to see like his take on it as well um, yeah Listen, I wish him luck. I think that there's definitely a good Doctor Doom movie to be made. Prove me wrong. Make a great Doctor Doom movie. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we shouldn't be continuing yeah. or or uh, what would be like the good, like the, what's like the tolerating word? Uh, not the tolerating. Um, enabling. We yeah, are enabling. We're enabling yeah. We are enabling these studios to make shitty movies based on IP. Right. And it, that it's... they have lost their respected right to handle. Yeah. <laughs> and like, like, do we really want even if we get a good Doctor Doom movie, it just delays the inevitable of, okay, well, now down the line, we're going to have to wait that many more years for Fantastic Four to actually appear and be good. Um, they, they clearly can't do it right. And, like, we really, I think the fans just want Marvel to try it. I mean, they, they, we just talked about Spider Man last week. And, so, you to know, transition into yeah. some more shit, how, okay, how ridiculous was the nerdgasm at D23 oh. over the shrouded figures? I'm so glad we didn't say anything about this yeah. because, listen, if you wanted to see the Fantastic Four under those shrouds, you could totally see the Fantastic Four under those shrouds. Yeah. I do not fault you for that. What I fault you for is to believe with any kind of coherent mindset that Fox is dumb enough or that good graces of God will just have them just fall back to Marvel and that they would announce it at the Disney Festival <laughs> and not Comic-Con or at a different 
uh, press conference later on like yeah. they did with Spider-Man. You dumb shits. <laughs> so when everyone is confirmed the Fantastic Four are there and it turns out to be Thanos' bad guys, you all look like ninny ninny noonoos and you shouldn't do this. <laughs> so just wait until they show us what the fuck it is before we know that it's immediately the Fantastic Four. Yeah. You fucking morons. <laughs> Why? He's... Uh, okay. But... They were, that, like, they were great. They were great. It was great. cool. Infinity War, we, today we're probably going to hopefully we're waiting, get a trailer. We're pa- waiting uh, patiently. But listen, I'm, I want to see some Infinity War shit because I think that we're all due. Yeah. And I think that the here's what I want Infinity War to do. I want Infinity War to subvert my expectations of what we're going to see in the trailers. Yes. And I want to see the... I. Do not need to see the normal fucking jokes that they do in every trailer. I want to see some fucking... I want to know what's the fuck is going on. Yeah. Like, how did Thanos get everything and all the... Like, has he been playing us the entire time and been playing the game to the point where the the events that have happened so far, he's kind of orchestrated? Because that would be Amazing. Show us that. Show us a good... Show us... the first, the first act, cold open of the movie, could be twenty minutes just Thanos setting the web aloft for this all to happen. I would be so thrilled with that. Yeah. Um, Josh Brolin with the gauntlet at D twenty three looked awesome. That looks great. I don't know why Chris Evans wasn't there. Um, I, I Chris think Evans, they're he filming was, still. He's he's doing reshoots. I, I think everybody I else was there. Yeah. Well, he wasn't there, and um, shit, he has to do reshoots. Well, I I think there was a, a whole team. I wasn't. Um, what's her face? Um, Elizabeth uh, Olsen. Olsen. I don't think she was there either. I okay. think a, a, bun, a a team of them were still filming, um, because I mean they're basically filming these two back to back. So it may be who knows if it's for May or yeah, not. Yeah. But... Listen, I'm really excited to see Avengers: Infinity War. I think we all are. I think we've all kind of been building to this. It's been a long run over ten years. It's an amazing achievement that they've done. Yeah. Show us a fucking trailer. Uh, to the contrary on that and we'll talk about this a little bit later we'll t- we can talk about it now because we're going to be switching to the same studio and talking a little bit about Matt Reeves but uh, Justice League trailer tonight second one probably will have Superman in it that's the, con- that's uh, the consensus I hope not I, I no you hope not I am down to see the black suit if the black suit exists if that's what he's going to come back with I am down if we're going to give him his old suit back I, I am down if he wants to have a beard or a mullet I am down Please bring Superman back so they can make a Superman movie. Why are we worried? So worried. Why is everyone so worried about making another Batman movie? Please, dear God, let there be some air and breathe. Yeah. Like this whole notion of okay, so it came out this week and it came out yesterday and yesterday. today that fucking Ben Affleck, it may he be may, thinking of jumping ship after Justice League because this movie is already in the can. Right. So I think that, first of all, I don't think that's true, and I don't think he's that stupid. Right. I can understand him being that angry. And if he is that angry, we will see that today. Right, um, yeah. But uh, There's been a lot of shit behind the there's scenes. There's been a lot of shit behind, behind the scenes with his movie. I think I, So Matt Reeves, who we just saw War for the Planet of the Apes for this week, we're going to talk about in great detail in, sure. in a little bit. But So Matt Reeves is an amazing storyteller. Yeah. Over three films, he told the most compelling Planet of the Apes story since Rod Serling's original script that came with Charlton Heston on the beach yelling at the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> the definitive version of the Planet of the Apes. However, as definitive as that was, 
to do what Tim Burton did, the reimagining, if you will, the quote-unquote rebirth of the reboot, as it were. Right. And there have been tons of reboots, like as like throughout time, Scarface is a remake, all these different things. But the Planet of the Apes is really, I would say, the first modern big budget attempt. Yeah. Fucking. It's just it had no spirit, and they didn't go after anything new with the characters. The whole Planet of the Apes is character development. It's all about Caesar. It's all about humanity. It's the allegory of what we're doing here today. Of course, you want the guy who just wrote one of the best trilogies, and maybe more coherent trilogy than the Dark, Dark Knight, Knight trilogy in a lot of ways. Yeah. In the, how streamlined it is, and how uh, I think well written and executed it is. And I think it was planned out that way. I, I think part of what happens with the Dark Knight trilogy, it just never felt like no one had was, an idea. I don't. I think he was like, "Oh, third movie. Let's. This is going to be the last one." But right. it wasn't necessarily a big arc that was planned out. It's a great trilogy. Don't get me wrong, but you know, in hindsight, looking at at that the, trilogy versus this one, I have more faith in Matt Reeves doing a Batman movie. And I, he doesn't need to make a trilogy, but a, a great story so that he has said, a good arc. So it's, it's come out that he wants to make a trilogy. And I heard that too. And, so, but, and he threw out Affleck's script completely. Right. So this is why we. This is why I think this news of Ben Affleck wanting out is out. I also could understand if Warner's wants him out because they see him as toxic, and that they see that that they understand, and and know that Zack Snyder vision yeah was inherently flawed and they're looking at this i'm sure as a loss right so i it just makes me wonder where they go from here and you know do they do they especially more... after the success of wonder woman right and, and do they have to kill off bruce wayne and when it's batman it's a different character i, I think that as... that could happen i think that that is that is maybe a direction as we've heard about maybe doing a nightwing movie right they also just announced that there's or i don't know if they just announced because it could be fake news but and they have their panel later today but i've heard talks of a harley quinn and joker movie uh well there's the the Birds gotham city Prey, gotham city sirens. sirens that's happening um i don't know if joker's in it i think it's harley quinn and whoever else and i don't know i think warner, warner brothers they definitely want to do the shared continuity and, and so, they totally could and they're on their way to doing it so that doesn't to me it tells me that either they're going to just recast bruce wayne which would be crazy they can't it's not that. it's not the first time it's happened or they or they have a, a completely separate universe which i don't think they're going to do they're not going to do so that. i the most likely thing is a batman without bruce wayne and whether it's you know dick grayson or a uh uh jason With todd damon or wayne. damon damon wayne that takes the mantle up that would be crazy alfred fuck i'd have alfred do it like yeah just it's fine but, but i'm i'm fine with that too listen if i was warner's i would keep ben affleck i would say maybe ben affleck is not is the batman we deserve but he's not the one we need maybe right. what we need to do is use him as kind of like the mentor figure in batman begins with a damien or yeah with whoever the guy was in I'm, uh, I'm, terry i'm totally terry down to, to find out that all after all this time, I mean, we don't even know that much about this version of Bruce Wayne. To be I would honest. also love to read Ben Affleck's Batman script. Yeah, <laughs> I'm. Inter I'm very interested to hear and see his take. I think that, like the Kevin Smith Superman script, yeah, this will this script lives on in infamously as well. Right, and I would love if Schnepp could get on making like another documentary yeah. about what this movie was like. He should start yeah. now because. 
Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it, that certainly could happen. I think we'll see what happens with these characters. They may have um, Affleck in it for one, and he, you know, passes the torch on to, you know, a son he never knew he had mm-hmm. or something. Whatever. I, whatever. I, I, I don't care. I, I just, um, I'm, I'm sad that, you know, Ben Affleck or Warner steals this way. Yeah. But, listen, it could also be fake news, and we could see that at the today's panel. I think Ben Affleck, if I was Ben Affleck, I would like being Batman. I think his performance as Batman is not one of the things wrong with Batman versus Superman. Oh, like it's like his Batman is not the problem. No. And he and and Ben Affleck is not responsible for why Batman versus Superman sucks. Right. There's way more things in there that attributed to the failure of that movie than just Ben Affleck. I think he's just burned. He's burned by the fact that they, you know, there was so much back and forth with him as director, as writer, blah, 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 all that. And that he probably really wanted to make that movie, but, you know, they didn't like it. And, you know, now he's probably like, why do I even want to put the suit on? Like, I want to make my own thing. So we'll see. I, I, I hope he realizes that maybe maybe it's harder than it seems to make a Batman movie and maybe after so many great Batman movies that we just got in rapid fire succession maybe leave it alone yeah maybe we don't even why isn't there like is there a director for the Flash movie there isn't no there's no release date there's nothing all we have is Ezra Miller and he's killing it at all these press ops for Justice League yeah but he's like you know all right, so Matt Reeves, I wish you great luck in your Batman movie. Congratulations on that. But most of all, congratulations on War of Five Apes, which is a film I loved. What did you think of this movie? I I really liked it. Okay. I, I, I think for me, I was... Um, I think let's let's just put the spoiler warning out there now. Like, oh yeah, we sorry get... guys, we are gonna really we saw this movie. We this is you know work that we've done. So uh, if you haven't put the time in and seen the movie, I don't know what you're doing here. But yeah. please go ahead, see War of the Planet of the Apes. We always try to give you a week or two. Yeah, and get, get out there, see, get out there, see the movie. So I mean, I think the the first thing, the crazy thing, it dethroned. Spider-Man at, at the box office. Unbelievable. A great achievement for Matt Reeves. What an amazing, uh, you know, way to reboot a franchise. Yeah. I wish it had a little bit of a higher opening. I yeah. tried to tell other people to go see it. Yeah. Um, but it's hey, just, it beat fucking Spider-Man. It beat Spider-Man. And we were saying that's bad news for Spider-Man. So we'll see. I mean, it had a huge drop off. But yeah, I, but Spider-Man will have legs because it's a kid's movie. Yep. War of the Planet of the Apes will have legs because it's a... It's a very good movie in and of itself. Right. I, I think... I don't know. I don't know if either of them are going to be number one this weekend, though, because there's even more shit coming out. No, I think... Uh, I don't know if Dunkirk will win. I'm curious to see how Valerian opens. I do want to yeah. see that movie. We'll talk about Valerian if, if we get to see it, but, yeah. you know, we'll... And also, depending on you know, some other things. I haven't read any it's, reviews. It, okay. It's going to be a toss-up, whoever gets it this weekend, yeah, because there's so much There's out, so much but, happening. Anyway... Back to War for the Planet of the Apes. So this, so spoilers, we're going to go through everything about this movie. If you have two seconds to turn this off, we're not going to say anything else. You know, we gave our thoughts. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, go ahead. Spoil the crap out of it. Okay. So for me, I remember coming out of Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and sure. being absolutely blown away at how good it was. I really enjoyed Rise. I thought it was such an interesting take on um, just 
you know, it, it felt like a normal movie, like a, a virus outbreak movie that then became a Planet of the Apes movie. And the second one was just, it totally changed everything because you're coming from the perspective of the apes and you, you really have spent, you know, so much time with Caesar as a character and you've seen him grow and learn how to speak and become a leader and all of that. And, you know, he has this, this crazy arc with, with Koba in that film and it carries over into this third one. I think for me, maybe I, I my, it was sour just because like, I didn't love the ending, which is, um, again, spoilers. I, I just could not believe that the way that they killed him. I didn't expect him to live through this trilogy. I knew I, there was part of me, I'm like, he's going to die, and I'm okay with that. But the fact that he gets shot with an arrow, and like I get the poetic you know, sense in that the, the guy that shoots him with the arrow is the one he lets free at the beginning of the film. But they travel from fucking Northern California to probably somewhere in Nevada or Utah. That's days and days of travel. I thought they went to like, yeah, they probably went to like Lake Tahoe or something. So, Tahoe. So like that's days and weeks of travel. Like how did he fucking survive that? And like I understand there's a, a little bit of disbelief in, in this universe and you got to kind of like let it wash over you. But like I would have been okay with him dying in the trees like before they left and like then the, the, the crew have to go on the journey together and there's this legacy and you know his son makes it there. I, I, I would have been okay with you know him something i don't know i just i couldn't believe i'm like wait a second that wound is still not healed are you kidding me you've got an arrow inside of you i understand there's no medicine in this movie so maybe that's my biggest gripe about the film i i liked it a lot i think that part threw you out huh that part threw me out and it's a it's a bummer to, to end on that but i know I, exactly how that feels yeah. yeah and like i really i andy circus it's just I, I think the other thing that's just so great about these films is just how Believable it is that these yeah. guys, like these guys in these suits, and then the, the CGI is just so perfect that his, they look real. his performance is just it's just so great and and, and real and it's and, very real and like it just it feels natural. He's the best at it. This is his, I think absolutely his best permutation of it at sure. any time. Yeah. You know, say what you want about King Kong and and you know Smeagol or. Uh, Gollum, uh, right. this is the most nuanced we've ever seen him go in terms of the depth and and the yeah. exploration of the character. You know, the other ones are, you know, they more function they function a little bit differently. But yeah, Andy Serkis really delivered in this in this film specifically. I loved it. Um, yeah, I also really love the supporting cast. So good. I also I think that it's uh, one of the things I've been watching for as a writer and you know bullshit artist um <laughs> is uh, visual storytelling yeah um and like it was really cool to see a movie that like if you didn't speak uh no if you couldn't um hear right you could understand most of what's going on in that movie yeah and if there was no audio it would be the exact same thing it only enhances the film right so yeah, you have to really watch and that's the difference you have to really watch because there's you know body language and the the hand signals and obviously they do the 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 captioning so but yeah but even still like it's so cool that like you're what you're watching this film that it transcends and I, and I think that's why these movies do really well outside of the u.s too i think yeah. that they do they have really good international numbers yeah um okay i i liked dawn as well mm -hmm. i thought dawn had a lot of dark night 
in it. Yeah. But I also thought that it was a really it was really cool and a good sequel to Rise. Yeah. So here's one of my favorite things. So I love Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Absolutely love it. I have or I had um, tons of old Planet of the Apes comics that I collected. That's cool. They got ruined in a hurricane, oh. but they were. Uh, I loved Planet of the Apes. And I think that Planet of the Apes is, is a really interesting idea. The original one with Rod Serling, like, oh my god, what a great allegory for man and everything. Right. What a perfect idea. Uh, there are tons of sequels. Uh, notable sequels include Beneath Planet of the Apes, where they encounter mutant humans of the future who mm-hmm. have harnessed a nuclear weapon and, bl- and blow up the entire planet. Um, then you have uh, <laughs> Escape from Planet of the Apes, where uh, the two, you know, here, Dr. Zira and the archaeologist guy, I don't remember his name, but they go back in the rocket left by Taylor, and they go back to, like, 1970s America. Yeah. That's pretty fun. Uh, Conquest for Planet of the Apes is one of my favorites. Yeah, uh, That's where they kind of take over and like you see the the actual origin of the Planet of the Apes. And that's then cool. um, Battle for Planet of the Apes is definitely a, a very low-budget bad film. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're not going to talk about that. I Listen, as far as Planet of the Apes goes, I think the original still is a a perfect movie yeah that holds up totally and you say what you want about the makeup the makeup works um it's a it's a it's a great film it's a great piece of science fiction it really is um it perfectly exemplifies the ironic twist it's great um so thank you for that uh planet of the apes i love that about you but one of the things i don't love about the original planet of the apes franchise is the origin story for how the apes came to be right the original origin story for Planet of the Apes and Escape to Planet of the Apes, I'll save you the time. Because you have to watch at least 45 minutes of exposition and bullshit before they even get to this exposition. So Dr. Zira tells the guys, like these U.S. guys, um, that the reason the apes came around is because there was a terrible virus to dogs and cats. Right. And dogs and cats all died off, and that men had to kill other dogs and cats because they were spreading the virus even more. So then, to kind of fill this need of the other animals that were dying off of the planet, they brought in uh, apes and, and monkeys and lower monkeys. And, and then, gradually, but very quickly over time, in relative speaking, the apes advanced very, very fast because they were being crossbred and everything. Sure. So, after a certain point, the apes realized they were being enslaved. They rose up. They have their like religious texts kind of come out of this idea. And then, Bob's your uncle. Planet of the Apes. So, uh, that's a bad origin. And they carried it out through about, through the the end of the franchise from Escape to, um, uh, from Escape of Planet of the Apes to Conquest of Planet of the Apes and Battle of Planet of the Apes. Um, And, you know, it's weird because it just, they just kind of throw it away in the middle of Escape of the Planet of the Apes. They cover it more in Conquest. Yeah. There's a, the whole 30 minutes of the morning movie is Ricardo Montalban. He has an ape. They go to a, a big memorial in the middle of like this futuristic town in Brazil where they shot it. Right. Um, and it's like, got you know, to dogs and cats, we miss you. We're very sad. You're not here with us anymore. Right. You know, apes, here we are. Right. Doing all this stuff. I think that's what's cool about these films, though, is that there's the, such a compelling... The, and very real. The origin story in Rise of the Planet of the Apes is perfect. It really and is. it really redeems the uh, idea of the Planet of the Apes 
of what it is that that man subjugates apes to even today and how we subjugate ourselves racially still today yeah so like that is so perfectly explained and and uh and tightened and condensed in rise of the planet of the apes that it perfectly sets off caesar as a character but also the idea and and the future of the apparently the planet of the apes franchise they said they could do more movies they totally they could. they are not shy from doing that and i'm sure we will get one it doesn't have to be caesar it could be whoever it could be his son it could be maurice i don't care whatever right. but like the they're absolutely um you know was a great uh job care and time spent doing that in rise right to build the franchise and it's it's science fiction but it's believable you know you can believe that a virus would wipe out humanity you can believe that you know they were doing testing on apes and it uh, enhanced their their cognitive abilities and that they were able to speak and that over time you know they once humanity was essentially you know basically wiped out like they the apes could rise and but they really just wanted to be their own thing and so that's compare, so compare that to tim burton's redo at the origin right okay where he goes back and he says okay so mark Wahlberg is a space scientist <laughs> who goes through a plasma storm he goes through some, the time drift he crashes his ship and then out and then from the ship um the apes who have been tested on in space with cosmic dust mm-hmm. rise up and create their own planet which is not Earth not in Earth. any way. And then, through some weird bullshit reason, Mark Wahlberg is able to escape the now Tim Burton Planet of the Apes to go back to Earth, where Fade is now, the bad guy of this movie, is now sitting on the Lincoln Memorial, and it's now the same kind of twist as the original Planet of the Apes, yeah, but without any sense at all, and without giving a fuck for why that makes no sense. Yes. So listen, I know Planet of the Apes is an attractive franchise, and I would hope that Warner Brothers knows what they have and sees what they got and is happy with it, yeah. and that they are justified in whatever they want to do further. They want to make more if they want to do crossovers with Planet of the Apes and Godzilla or whoever. King I don't Kong, care. Star Trek, whatever. Whatever, it's fine, we're down. Um, but just keep it keep it believable. And that's how they got us. Yeah. They took an approach. They also got great performances of John Lithgow and James Franco. To kick it off. Oh great, man, those so great good. actors. Like they really uh, James Franco is one of my favorite James Franco movies. Yeah. And I think that's the other cool thing is that each film had a cast of human characters that didn't carry over, and so that you had to kind of reset and grow to understand those characters because really your center are the apes, and yep. you know the, the humans are secondary. Fi- secondary, and especially especially in this film, you can really see how humanity's you know fighting with themselves, right. and well, the we apes are see, just in the middle of well, it. Well, we always see Planet of the Apes from the perspective of the humans because we are the humans right we have invested interest in being ourselves whereas like these have taken the perspective of caesar where you're seeing from the perspective of the apes and what they're doing and experiencing and you have to absolutely agree with all of caesar's motivation yeah because just it's just he's the king he's trying to rule his let his people and he just want to be left 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 alone like they he sends that guy back in the beginning of the movie which i thought was a really great uh 
you know, way to start off the thing. I loved the the other ape that could speak when they're holding the guys hostage. I thought that whole sequence was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Um, I felt I loved that they called the white ape Winter. I thought that was adorable. That was cool. I uh, and I think it was really sad that you know his his son. I don't remember the older son's name, but. Uh, oh yeah, and, but they they came back and you know shortly after totally is great. Wife, it's a great inciting incident, man. Yeah, it really is, <laughs> and, and, and it's so sad. But it, it really sets the movie. I think the other thing that I wasn't expecting about this film was how much it was a like. It was a lot smaller than I expected it to be. Oh yeah, you know, in that it was that the inciting incident. He's like, okay, apes, go. I'm gonna go take care of this guy. You know, uh, what the, uh, what's his name? The colonel, whatever his yeah. name is, but. Uh, and it was a mission movie, basically. And he has his team, and they go, and then, you know, slowly we, we uncover, you know, that the fact that they were all captured. And had he not left and separately, you know, they would have all been captured together, and they may not have had the opportunity to escape or, you know. But and right. but then but then you meet such a really cool character in Bad Ape with uh, Steve Zahn, and I thought he did a great job. He was Listen, comic Steve- relief, but... I thought it was really cool. Steve Zahn is one of the most underrated and underappreciated <laughs> actors working today. Yeah. If there can be a, you know, a, a Mr. Congeniality, Steve Zahn, <laughs> in some of my favorite movies, Saving Silverman, yep. That Thing You Do, yep. um, and now this as Bad Ape. Oh, my God. He was so great. Great comic relief. Yeah. Great, great story person. So, like, moved the story along. He I, definitely did. And, you know, a, another character that actually could speak or another ape that spoke really well because a lot of the other ones are we're still learning it and you get bits and pieces of them speaking yeah um and uh and, you know totally unexpected i like, like that they wearing... actually don't speak english like yeah. i think that that's pretty cool like in the original movies it doesn't make sense why all the apes have british accents it makes sense if you know that they're all british actors <laughs> but, yeah. like, it, but it's different when like why does this orangutan speak like uh spaniard <laughs> and these chimpanzees sound like they're from la and this guy is clearly from windsor yeah what's happening yeah. so i uh l- listen i love that they how they communicate and they communicate visually with the sign language it's awesome yeah uh so i yeah it's totally like a, a mission movie yeah they gotta go on their little mission yeah um okay so let's talk about um i want to talk about a few things that no let's talk about woody harrelson first and sure we'll talk about the next thing Okay, what do you think of Woody Harrelson? Did you like his character uh, for what he was? Did you think he gave a good performance? I I did like him. I think uh, it took a little too long to develop him. I think uh, there was a big scene in the middle of the movie where they they finally reveal um, why some of the human characters weren't able to speak and that there it's a mutation of the virus and that you have. An understanding of his motivations there, and that he had to kill his son because he believed that the the virus couldn't spread, and he wanted to save humanity. Blah 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 blah. Um, again, like I said, I think it took too long to get that because we pick up in the movie basically in the middle of action, and they're already fighting, and you're just like, why is this guy trying to kill the apes? And there's really no no motivation behind that, but you know, there he has a motivation for why they're he's fighting with other humans. So sure. I think I think he did a good job. He was definitely intimidating. Um, he definitely uh, was was playing a little bit of Hamish, you know, at times. Um, but he, and then has a tragic end. Like I, I, um, I think they could have done with more with him. But what did you like him? Did you think he? So I love Woody Harrelson. Yeah, he's my, he's my favorite. One of my favorites. Yeah. Uh, so I was really.
excited to see him play a bad guy in a yeah. sci-fi movie. Um, I, lo- I like him in Hunger Games. I think he's more of a side character. He's not used to his full potential in that movie at all. No, not at all. Um, but uh, I really I thought he really turned it in. Yeah. And I thought that, okay, so again, we like the fucking continuity things. That's one of the at the big things of this podcast. So if you've seen uh, the original Plot of the Apes movie, you'll know that there are certain characters in this film, the the humans that Taylor encounters who are not from the spaceship. These humans can't speak. Right. And there's never any reason why they're given not to speak. So if you want to go back and use this as a good little Easter egg for what happens in the future, that's there. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so, and it makes sense with the context and, of what they've done that, before. And that expository scene yeah. and how they played it throughout the movie, it just... I I gotta tell you, Matt Reeves, I absolutely loved that. Yeah. I, I thought that that was the coolest because that's so much exposition you have to give to Woody Harrelson, who's... First of all, it's Woody Harrelson, so it's totally a character actor. You don't know how he's going to deliver that when he's going to do that. Right. You know, you have to write that dialogue, you know for like a, almost like a, a guy like Billy Crudup who I would imagine sure. you know but like think about how many different ways Woody Harrelson could have said all that stuff and not have been as entertaining or as relevant to the story as he had made it through right. his acting and that's just fucking awesome mm-hmm. and like it's so it's so relieving and good sci and good to see this kind of good sci-fi right at the kind of elevated exposition we've gotten to and i think that there you know maybe people could will say that it's a little clunky i think that it is it's a it's a clunky concept but what it does and if you know it takes it ties it all together yeah and that and those fans i think probably loved that right and as the same way when i saw uh the chevy nova the girl that taylor loves and the thing is called nova so like all those and then you know cornelius cornelius similarly to how um similarly to how you know in agents of shield they have to you know always mention something Right. And each one of these movies, there's little Easter eggs sprinkled in there throughout everything where they have Draco Malfoy say, get your da- damn hands off me. <laughs> like, there's all, there's tons if you want to go dig down into it. And, like, that I think is just, like, so justified and so nice yeah. and great and, and good writing. So thank you for doing it tastefully yeah. and not making it a joke or making it bad. Um, I think that it's fun. That the way that they did it. I also loved the the world that he created. Yeah. Um, for his soldiers, his platoon. I like that he was at odds with uh, the opposing forces in the north. I thought the opposing forces in the north were going to take off their masks and be monkeys. I thought that that could totally happen. That would have been a good twist. But, but I also was holding back judgment because I thought that maybe this was going to be the big war scene that we were, I think, promised but not delivered on. It didn't and, and there was no I was hoping for a Helm's Deep here yeah, and yeah. and you know I think they definitely I uh, you know Covert Ops of the Planet of the Apes maybe would be a better title sure you know like <laughs> yeah crawling underground yeah. The, through the tunnels of the Planet of the Apes <laughs> yeah, like listen I'm down that we want that we do show that this is Caesar's War I get the the, the way that they make that right. but in truth 
we may, maybe we needed a little bit more of a battle scene. I was thinking that there was going to be a big action battle scene between all of the apes and all of the humans, like at that big fortress. That was my idea. Yeah, but it, it also made sense that you know for the story, Caesar and their apes were in the middle of the fight between the humans and that they they just, weren't fighting they it's weren't not their fight it's and not their fight and they just the humans wiped each other out now i don't think that all humans on earth are gone i think there's well problems. no there's going to be other humans like nova right so like that's what and that's what's going to happen down the line is yeah. because the way that the mutagen has you know uh but that's what's so cool about this like this whole franchise they tie it back to that flu and it's so believable that of course it would mutate and it would try to and, and his exposition about you know how it's if it's not killing them, it's killing them. Killing their spirit. Their spirit, killing, killing their, their the voice. human identity. Yeah, and, it's and so... that's so right. And it's it's a really amazing. Uh, it's a really it's, amazing. It's passage really powerful. Of the movie. So yeah. I I dug it. I think what maybe this movie could have benefited from was some lovable oaf soldier guys, of like who like live within his ranks, yeah. and and like we see more of his character through them. Yeah, because mate, because like I didn't fully understand all of their motive. Like I understood his motivation Absolutely. very clearly, but like, what are, do they all believe that they're repopulating the earth? Like, is this all a big religious thing? Like, what what do they do at night when they all have to go away before they do the chanting in the morning? Right. Like, then it's mostly men. Like, there are a couple of females in there, but it's mostly men. So. You know, are they having kids? Are there kids? What are they doing with those kids? What are they teaching them about? Right. What What do they do? Like, do they know about the old world? Like, what's happening now? So, all those things, I think we all could have done with. But I think the, as we said, like these movies are told for Caesar and from Caesar's perspective. Yeah. And in that respect, again, like all due respects and accolades should go to um, uh, the great. Uh, Andy the, the great Andy Circus. You know, he does so much of this motion capture work. Even Star Wars, unbelievable. But yeah, well, and let, yeah. let's give him a, let's give him an Oscar nom for this because like he's he, he deserves, deserves it. it. Even and the like, last one. And this is like a really powerful. There's really powerful scenes with him, and and he's he's a really righteous. He's a really good character. Well, and, and so it's something we also I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, we haven't really touched on how uh, he was still tr struggling with. Koba and I, I thought it was a, a good surprise to see Toby Kebbell come back and yeah and do that I think it was uh you know he was seeing himself in hit in, in Koba and Koba and himself and I thought that was a good struggle for him you know like throughout the movie and you know I agree. not to kill other apes and uh but you know like I, his legacy will live on he's got his son and you know the, the all the apes there will remember him and what he did and so it's great it's good po like poetic ending for him um, I'm really glad that when they, they, they panned up to the sky that we didn't see a spaceship fly by because that would have been really mm – -hmm. it would have taken me out of it. And I, then they, it's like – then they're trying to tie it really together. I thought that would have been a little too unbelievable. But um, but I think there's still opportunity for, for more um, more movies. Um, but yeah, I don't – but I also don't need to see them – please, Warner Brothers, do not remake the classic movie. No. Do a different story. And I think they have are. a movie where it's the apes living in society and you know the apes are struggling to to get it together and there's like terrorist apes who are bombing other apes because they're not they don't believe in their origin they're like we're religious like this there's a religious figure or something like, yeah have it play out like that do a story where uh the apes are um you know trying to get over the next mutation of the virus 
Sure. And they're like, you know, aping it up and they need the humans to kind of, for their tactical stuff, to do things with them and they like train them or whatever. Yeah, well, and as or, we've seen or, like... you know, or, uh, I don't know. There's, I guess there's so many ways I can't, I don't, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to get the winning one. I, I don't think, it doesn't, I don't think it matters. I, I think what it basically says is that over the course of the movies, we've seen this society expand and pretty rapidly there are a lot of little apes going around and they're adorable mm, yeah, they're but really so cute. uh you know there's certainly an opportunity for that society to grow pretty quickly we could pick up you know 20 years down the line and and you know maybe have cornelius at the center maybe have uh you know another character or you know maybe nova's there or something because she's with them uh but you know there there's opportunity there whether they do it or not i'm okay either way i think this is a, a really great trilogy um it's, um, it is, and it's gonna, and it will stand the test of time, as yeah. in the great trilogies. And, and I think back to like the the beginning of the conversation. Part of my you know hesitancy about it is that I felt that Rise was so different from Dawn, and that uh, Dawn war and, and war are very similar. very similar. And I was hoping for something a lot different, like you were saying, a big battle, because they were kind of teasing that a lot at the end of Dawn, and it, it just never really delivered. Um, I, I think it was really cool to see them. Um, on the horses on the beach that was really really Great. beautiful um uh but they didn't have to go too far in that but uh yeah no. it would have been nice to have a, a, a big war scene um i would have been down for a war scene too yeah but, you know so it's not that our war is a spiritual war yeah so i i don't know any other final thoughts on on war for planet of the apes congratulations to matt reeves and andy circus and everybody yeah. associated with that film and the weta people who did the motion capture everybody congratulations you did a great job it's an awesome movie we loved it um definitely down for uh and good for the future of the franchise we just heard uh yesterday um coming out of a uh, comic-con that uh, they don't know if there's going to be another Alien 2 or an Alien Covenant sequel. Oof. I can see where they're coming from. It's sad to see the, f the franchise die of its own, you know, creator, you know, either die a hero or live long to see yourself become the villain. And unfortunately, uh, that, is, that may be happening for the Xenomorph and the Alien franchise. So it's, it's just, Which is sad. I mean, we've obviously we covered it a couple months it, ago. And, thoroughly. And thoroughly and... Uh, it would have been nice to see some resolution there because they they made a lot of questions that, that we don't have answers to. We will to. never get answers to. So, so um, thank you very much, Ridley Scott, for ruining the aliens. Um, <laughs> so uh, we have another topic, maybe, quickly. Sure. Um, Game of Thrones is back. Holy fuck, guys. <laughs> Can you believe we live in a world where an entire country entire world was anxiously awaiting a one-hour fantasy television show the most pirated show of all time again the season seven opener incredible and let and let's just be clear when we're going to talk about game of thrones um you should see the latest episode of that week like so you, if you haven't watched it for a couple seasons go away go away if you haven't watched the most recent episode which was a, a week ago and we have another one tomorrow like next podcast we're probably talking about the next episode yeah, we yeah. are up to date we're up to date we will always announce the i we will announce the game for this for the for, for the game of thrones season we will announce our game of thrones level of continuity in each episode so you can see which game of game of thrones episode we are covering if we're going to cover each episode, if, if each episode warrants its own podcast, which it could. So and we're probably not ruling the season, that out. The end of the season, I could see us covering it 
in in a very very large format uh, yeah, because yeah. there's going to be a lot to unpack and a lot to speculate on for the final season. Absolutely. So we let us know what you guys think if you want us to do uh, episode by episode caps or if we want to maybe do a mid-season waypoint or just hold it all for the end. Let us know. That would be great. Anyway, we do want to talk about the season opener because it is a big it's a, it's a celebration. Yeah. It's a celebration of what we love. Um, I remember exactly where I was when I was told about Game of Thrones. I was in Matt Birnbaum's hot tub with ZB yep. in the middle of summer when they were both home and after they had graduated from college. And we were, they were had, they're like, dude, there's this show that cursing and fucking and like badass action. Yeah. And it's like set in like Middle East, like Lord of the Rings times. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, that sounds awesome. Sounds they showed great. me the first episode. It's immediately hooked. Yes. Like you. We've been hooked on this show and have watched and are current to now. Yeah. Frank, we are now into the second to last season of Game of Thrones. And we, we've, we've got 70 or 61 hours so far, right? Holy shit. And uh, it's a lot. It's, it's amazing. Uh, 60, 70, six seasons, whatever it is. We're on season seven. And they last season was... It delivered in so many ways. You know, it, it finally had moved past the books, and there was a lot that us as fans we didn't know what was going to happen. Right. You know, they've been delivering on the book stuff for so long, and you know, as Game of Thrones fans, we've we've learned to uh, hedge our bets on certain characters because uh, you don't know you don't know what, the, what who's going to get screwed and get their head chopped off because you know from season one with Ned, we we learned pretty quickly that. The people that you love aren't going to make it very far. Also, if any character, I saw this on a video essay the other day. I think it was the nerd writer. He's like, if you ever see like two characters having like a heart to heart, and it like it's like a conversation that like ends really nicely. That's probably less that's a probably a bad. That's yeah. probably a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you know, anytime like that's the thing about Game of Thrones. We never know. Our expectations are, you can't have them because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. So my expectations for season seven, the opener. Uh, as an opener, we're mid-range because I yeah. know that even still, as good as Game of Thrones is, it still needs to get on its feet. There's yeah. still we have to put the players back on the pieces back on the board. Yeah, and it's funny because we we actually rewatched season two, and then we rewatched the season finale of season six to kind of like get, get back, back in. That's that finale was awesome it, it it did so much and it laid waste to so many characters yeah Cersei just like killed everybody and you know we have people starting to come back together and reunite and we and into this premiere we were starting to see some of these people go in in the directions we see Daenerys land on they're dragons. on the warpath she's there she's back at her home there and we see Sam and we, we in Old Town and he finds out that there's a ton of dragon glass on on Dragonstone, so there's reason for him to go. They also there. say that earlier, like Stannis oh, yeah. says that. So, he does. Like yeah. there's so here. Okay, um, I before we get into this, I would like to give a shout out to the guys who did and After the Thrones. It was a short-lived show on HBO. Yeah, these guys had a great product that uh, lived on the digital platform HBO Go that you could watch the day after Game of Thrones. I think more than any other show on TV. Game of Thrones needs an after show. Yeah. Uh, there's so much to unpack. There's so many different characters that deep diving for a half hour to an hour um, with some guys who can help you get there and make it fun was absolutely a great thing. So we're sorry that, you know, whatever happened with HBO isn't there. To that point, though, 
You can watch their new show, uh, Watch the Throne, or Watch the Thrones, I think, and it's through um, Twitter on, uh, I think what's called like The River or something, like some YouTube channel. Yeah. Some, But either way, it's a great thing. Definitely check those guys out. Yeah. And, and I think, like you were saying, there's so much to unpack with Game of Thrones that even at the start of every episode, they, they have a recap. That's you like, have to. You have to watch that because... They like in the last one they were showed scenes from season one and you was like oh yeah remember all this thi- all this stuff and like all the moving parts and uh, you know I, that's why we want to talk about it because it, it helps clear things up it helps us think about where things are going yep um, so yeah okay so let's get so there's a few characters I think we're always going to talk about we're always going to talk about John Stark uh, John Snow mm-hmm. we're always going to talk about Danny and we'll talk you know a little bit probably about Arya from my side do you have any other favorite characters. You like to you follow you care about. Um, I really like the Hound. Um, sure. I, um, so let's start with the Hound. Sure. So the Hound scene where he now is seeing visions in the fire. How? What the fuck? <laughs> Why didn't they do this with him last season? I know it pays off bigger now. Yeah. But it, it totally makes sense that Clegane would do, would have this. Someone that is literally afraid of fire we, like we, we just we watched the battle of blackwater really recently and he's like fuck the fire fuck the king fuck the war and he yeah. leaves yeah. and so and now it's, it's a really interesting arc that he comes back to that and he literally sees visions of white walkers and yeah. dead dead the dead rising fighting near the wall and that's where they're going and he's got you know Beric Dondarrion and with a flaming sword and they're going. So these guys, these guys are awesome. Yeah. These are like the secret Avengers of Game of Thrones because first of all, they're totally pirate asshole, scary guys, but they, they are the fire. They practice the fucking new God. And this has really propelled them here. And, you know, George Martin has said that, Derek is like he's fueled with fire. Like there's yeah. fire. He's a white of fire, and like the way that the whites in uh, the, the north, north of the wall are made of snow and ice. It's crazy. So like, listen, I'm down to see some amazing shit. Obviously, we've seen that he can transfer his powers like some rogue stuff, which is awesome. Yeah. So please, more fire visions. Also, uh, if the red woman who we we just saw in that there's a teaser, new trailer. She's on Dragonstone and. She's going to be with Daenerys, and I'm just thinking that her and Jon Snow is going to be coming to her because they they need the dragons, they need the dragon glass, and I just can see them making an alliance. And now that they have the dragons, they can really get around. So yeah. like maybe there's a scene where Danny goes up, or maybe Jon comes down on a dragon. I'm down to see that scene. Well, and obviously they... they... Okay, so let's... Okay, so we've covered the hound. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about Danny. So Danny, sure. uh, Danny she's now landed back at her where she was born at, Dra- at Dragonstone. Dragonstone, which is so which was last occupied by Stannis. Right. So Stannis is holed up there. He's offed. They need to wash that table because some dirty things happened there. Oh my god! But uh, yeah, I mean, Tyrion's there yeah. with her, and <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, so they're all back at this awesome kick-ass castle. This is where um, okay. So this is where uh, the Targaryens, when they came before they went to go attack Westeros, this is where they stopped first. Yep. And this is kind of where they ruled from and where the dragons were for a long time. Yes. Because you need dragon fire to make both uh, Dragonstone and Valerian steel. Yeah. You need both of those things. 
all of those things essentially we believe will kill ladies and gentlemen will kill white, white walkers, walkers which we need which we need to get on asap so sarah she gets there she's been traveling for the entire show the entire, the entire show. The entire show. Dennis going the wrong way. Going the wrong. All the round, roundabout way. East to go west, north to go south. Blah, blah, Remember blah. how excited we were when she got to Karth? And we're like, oh, we're in Karth now. No. Yeah. And then you're in the fucking Riverlands. Yeah. Then you're at the fucking other city that we were at for the past two Marine years. Marine. And, and yeah. And, she's But she's got an army. She's and, got ships. She's got dragons. So we've seen her conquer everywhere else. Yep. She has now come back. To, it's not it's not conquered. She doesn't have to conquer it. She just shows up. Yep. And it's perfect because it's a great place to dock the boats, but also to the dragons hang out. They they like it there from their historical times. Yes. And you see all this awesome dragon imagery. What did you think of that scene? Um, were I, you what you, were you satisfied by what you saw, or did you immediately want more? I immediately wanted more, but that's just me being selfish. I mean, I think <laughs> I think uh, it was nice and poetic and it, you know that homecoming was was long overdue and you know she finally got there and perfect ending shall we begin kind of thing and you know i, I they think they got more than luke with the lightsaber man that's true <laughs> that's true <laughs> you know like so it was a very cool uh uh walk up through and seeing the throne because we i don't think we saw Never the seen it before yeah so we saw that we saw the table and you know i think they just need to pick up right where that leaves off and they need to to move. go, they need, we need to move. Fast. We need to expose, exposit some material. Yeah. With, we are going totally going to from the trailer we saw with the Greyjoys. So yeah. they are on their way, um, and I assume that they're going to have a big meeting about what they're going to do and what yeah. their plan is yeah. going to be. Um, if I was them, knowing that if we already have a two day battle, two it's two days sail to King's Landing from Dragonstone. Mm -hmm. So. If I was them, I would already have ships on the way there and yeah. try to negotiate, you know, a peace treaty that way, so yeah. you don't have to fight and then you don't have to score wear down the city anymore. Trying to build faith with the people there, what they're gonna do, I don't know. But yeah. that would just—that's what I would think. That's what I would do. But I would probably be like Ned Stark and get killed. So, <laughs> yeah. um, okay. So speaking of Ned Stark, Jon Snow. Jon Snow. So we see Jon Snow. He's back. He's back up at Winterfell, being awesome. King of the North. He's just, he's the fucking man, the embodiment of all masculinity. He's the hero. He's the hero. Uh, amazing. So, yeah. okay, so Jon Snow's there, and he is kind of giving out orders and talking about what's going on. They send uh, the uh, Tormund, Tormund the, the, and the Wildlings to Eastwatch. Right, so that they're going to go to what is an abandoned castle. On the wall. On the wall. And they're going to go and hang out there and wait. Now, probably die. <laughs> so let, let's. It's not probably. They're a hundred percent going to die. Totally. It's not even an argument. So what we know about Eastwatch, this is where the Night's King went, right? Yeah. So Hardhome, where where there was the big battle, season five, is north on the east side above the wall, and they're making their way down and coming south, and that's probably where they're going to hit first, right. where they're going to try to cross the wall, and if if the uh, the wildlings are there. If the hound and, and his crew make it up there, I could see that being like the first big battle, and probably a battle that's lost, and a reason why either the wall falls or part of the wall falls, and they make it through. 
Um, but that's where you know John's gonna have his first big issue. Oh, he's they're gonna so lose there. Yeah. So I was just watching a thing today. Uh, so apparent. So do you know like the story of the Knights King? Uh, Not the Night King. No. The, okay. The Knights King was a was uh, a he was a leader of the Knights Watch, who married mm-hmm. a White Walker bride, and married her and he was a, he was called he's the only knight's king Got it. and he went and he ruled either at east watch or some other castle okay. i think it's east watch um and the, and apparently there is some secret there okay. about white walkers that we will learn in the future okay. so i think that there's going to be tons of expositing over there as well okay uh moving on from poor Tormund, who is totally gonna die i love him and his kick-ass red beard i wish he should totally hang out with brianna tarth listen (laughs) brendan okay can we talk about how much gwendolyn christie classes up the joint oh she is awesome (laughs) she is so cool where was she 10 years ago she would be in everything and she now is in everything. everything she is great Get, make her her own franchise. Give, Give her, her something. Make her the center of something. She's been in Hunger Games, Star Wars, Game of Thrones. She needs to be uh, her own the next thing. action hero. It, uh, let's do this. Like yeah. we're all down. She's great. She's so good, and like she totally classes up the whole place when she's there. So great to see her interact with everybody again. Uh, little Deanna Mormont piping up, being adorable. She's awesome. amazing. Awesome. And then okay, so let's talk about the struggle between John So and Sansa. Yeah. So Sansa has seen the how the fucking sausage gets made. Yeah, she's played the game, she knows how how it works, and John knows how the military works. Like if they can just get on the same page, they are a force to be reckoned with. But she still has Littlefinger piping in her ear and yeah. manipulating her. I just maybe maybe she's manipulating him too because she knows how it works at this point but he's definitely placing those those ideas in her head and you know creating some of the clashes between her and John you know to the point where she says something about like why should we give them the castles back the the car starks and uh not the, the umbers the umbers yeah the turncoats and but then you have this amazing scene with these two kids basically like Seven years ago, Jon Snow and Sansa, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that are now leading these houses. And, of course, they're going to pledge allegiance to the to, flag no, of Jon Stark yeah, yeah, of Jon Snow. He's the fucking king of the north. Yeah. But you have to do that. So, what, uh, okay. So, I love that. I totally saw Jon Stark's, Jon Snow's, not, not Jon Stark. I yeah. totally saw Jon <laughs> Snow's, um, you know, pr- perspective on that the whole time. Yeah, me too. Um, and I thought that, uh... Like Sansa, like she knows what's gonna happen. And I think she can help John. I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna have too high of expectations, to be totally honest, because sure. I, we know how the show has treated our favorite characters. Right. We know that last year they treated our very favorite characters very nicely for some reason. Yeah. We should not take this as a sign that it's good. George R. R. Martin has said that to read that anyone who tries to redo in fantasy the good and evil arc yeah. of Tolkien is masturbating right so like that he we can't expect that it's gonna that everyone's gonna meet up and everyone's gonna defeat the white walkers no that's not what's gonna happen but they resurrected Jon snow he's got time they're not gonna just kill him now like they're they're not gonna kill him right now no he'll probably die at the end but like we'll see um either way like 
I watched Jon Snow with a grain of salt. I just want to make sure he's still alive there. I don't ever really fully believe it, yeah. and that keeps me going at the end of the day. Uh, Sansa, I think Littlefinger is going to... He's Listen, this guy is the master player. Yeah. He's the best player of the Game of Thrones. He is. And he has survived everything. I think that we have to be continuously wary of him. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what happens going for, going forward. Um, Arya. Arya. Oh my god. The be- One of the best the best cold open of Be- Game of Thrones. Yeah, I I was... We're like, okay, so... Okay, is this a flashback? Okay, uh, wait. Wait a second. And it's just like the slow realization right. of, oh shit, this is Arya with Walter Frey's face, face on, on and just kills all the Freys. Oh yeah. They're done. They're that's done. an entire kingdom that's wiped out. Yeah. And there's no longer seven. And the, the Lannisters no longer have them as allies. And you see Arya after that, like, okay, I know her name, a whole name crossed off the list. Yeah. And she, you know, she says she's going to, to King's Landing to take care of Cersei, but there are so many other people. Hanging out with Ed Sheeran. Yeah. Oh, that was, oh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, you know, I think for Arya, she could go south and maybe she'll kill Cersei. I am firmly in the camp of that. I think Jamie Lannister is going to end up killing Cersei. The, the Voloncar, the, the little brother, you know, he's going to have to kill the Mad Queen this time. So I, I think there's more justice well, in every, that. Everything that he was going to kill, he that he killed the Mad King for, she's done. she did. So, you know, I, I don't think I would be as satisfied if Arya killed her, but... And I, don't, I just don't see a way that she could actually... Do it. I think she's going to get turned around, but we'll I, see. We'll see what happens. Also, so and I don't know if you saw this in the preview, but I'm pretty sure she's going to find her dire wolf. There's a there in there's a snip, nightmare. Yeah, nice. And I think that there's a there's a really good reason for it. She's right there. The Riverlands is where they let her go the mm-hmm. first time. I think she's going to find that dire wolf and have a reason to go back north. Um, and maybe maybe all the way to Winterfell. We'll see, but. I, I think we'll we'll get some reunions there, like you said. It, we have to kind of take it with a grain of salt, but um, I don't know, man. This this season is gonna be crazy, fast delivering. Um, just to, just to quickly, you know, I don't know. I, I so the the Lannisters are in a really fucked up situation. They're they're screwed. They're out they're out of alliances. They're out of food. They're out of they're out of money. It's not so good for them. What do you think Euron is going to bring Cersei? Gendry. You think it's Gendry? I think it's Gendry. He's the last bloodline of Baratheon. Whether they use him for to, to wipe him out so no one, no, no one can use him. Was de- I thought Gendry is dead. Nope. He's just still rowing. Like, they, he was with us. Oh, the, you mean... Oh, Joe Dempsey. The, oh, um, yeah, okay. He, they, they use the leeches on him yeah, season yeah, yeah, three-ish yeah. or so, and they, they send him off. But he's the last Baratheon. There's got to be some significance there. Um, so I, I don't think I think it's going to be Tyrion or somebody like that. Yeah, how is he going to do that though? I don't know, but but they both want him dead. Yeah. So I could see that. Listen, I have very high expectations because I love this show. I think it's really fun. I'm down for some serious expositing in episode two. I want to see all the story that they're going to lay out. Um, I'm also down to pick up exactly where we left off, like you said, uh, around Daenerys, the table yeah. with the, with the Dennis Arias, and like they're talking about what their plan is. Yeah. Because we all want to know what their plan is. Um, I'd also be curious to see where everybody else in her travels is. Like, 
are the guys from Karth going to join the war because they see the weaknesses and want to get involved? Will the other people in Slaver's Bay, are they going to turn up at some point? I don't know. Are any of other of any of other Denisaris enemies that we don't know about also out there who could join the I, Lannisters or I, other people? I think at this point most of the stuff in the East is pretty much done. I think, especially in the show, maybe in the books they'll do more. But I, I think they 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 brought her back over to Westeros. They wiped out a lot of characters. They're making it smaller and smaller and smaller, and that they just really need to to focus. Um, I think um, you've got you got Jorah Bormont. He's at, in Old Town. You see his arm all covered in grace. What a great grace. montage scene! That was awesome. So I, he's going to be coming back to to her. Um, but I don't Listen, know. Sam, oh, poor Sam. Sam. Man, that poop soup scene. That was bad. Poop soup. Hard to watch. Poop soup soup poop. You don't know what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I I loved it. I thought that was an awesome, fun little thing that they did. I listen. Keep making more Sam scenes. Yeah, he's a great character. He's a great. And then we got I feel the, bad for him. Feel bad for him, but you got the addition of uh, Jim Broadbent, uh, who played Slughorn in the Harry Potter movies. He's awesome. That was awesome addition. One of my favorite I, I, I hope there's more with him. Um, maybe maybe it's interesting that he believes Sam, but he's also like it doesn't matter. Like very much. I don't know if you ever watched Battlestar Galactica, but like the idea that. This has all happened before, and it's going to happen again. So, like, the White Walkers have come before, and the world never ended. So is that what's going to happen here, or is this really a real threat? Um, I, I'm still a firm believer in that they're going to deal with the White Walker invasion, and then the game, the final pieces will move together. Because that's what this show is about. It's about the game, you know, the, the, the vying for the throne. So it's not necessarily... So maybe, the, maybe it's not... Westeros battles Westeros, then the remains battle the White Walkers. It's maybe everybody battles the White Walkers first to be able to battle each other. Yeah. To redefine the kingdoms. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Um. So yeah, listen. If you love Game of Thrones as much as we do, let us know if we'll do each ep- week an episode recap. But obviously, we would. You know, that would be a significant commitment. So let us know if that's yeah. something you want us to do. Um. Okay. Uh. Thank you very much. Um, you know, it's been a great episode. Anything else you want to touch on? Are we all good? No, I think this is great. Uh, like we said, hopefully some more news out of Comic Con this week. Um, we we might try to see a couple more movies. Um, and uh, maybe recap those as well. But we're gonna keep rolling, and we we have some some exciting prospects for the the remainder of the summer. Oh I think. yeah, uh, some great ideas, and uh, yeah, definitely continue covering Game of Thrones. And but uh. Otherwise, I think that pretty much does it for this week's episode. Yep. So, everybody, thank you very much for tuning in again to another Long Lost Heroes podcast. Uh, as always, uh, you can find us at LLH Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Uh, you can also uh, just add the RSS feed directly to your phone if you want to do that as well. Yep. Uh, you can email us at info at, L- at longlostheroes.net. I'm AJ. I'm Frank. Thank you very much, everybody.